Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. All right, pull, pull out your notes this morning, if you will. We are on a series called Breakthrough, and in week one of this series, we determined, listen, when you open your heart to Jesus and ask him to come in, the Holy Spirit comes in and takes residence in what part of you? Somebody say your spirit. Your spirit. But, listen, your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, can still hold a lot of bondage. And here's why that's important, all right? The Holy Spirit didn't move inside of you just to take a vacation or because he needs a hotel room somewhere. He moved inside of you because he wants to do a work in you and he wants out of you. In other words, he wants, he doesn't come in as a lake, he comes in as a river. A river wants to flow, somebody say out, out. But, but here's the thing, your bondages and failure to deal with them can prohibit the work of God in and through your life. Are you listening? So why not get rid of the blockage or the bondage so the river can flow, not only for others' benefit who need some of that river, but your own benefit because there's nothing like watching the Holy Spirit working in and through your life. That's a good point for somebody to say amen. Paul, when he prayed in Ephesians 1, this is just part of his prayer, He said, I pray also that the eyes of your heart, that heart there really soul, may be enlightened in order to know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Come on, somebody. If somebody says inheritance and it has your name on it, that ought to get you excited, especially if it's a glorious one. And Paul said, man, you've got a glorious inheritance. You just need your eyes open. You need your soul opened up and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So last week we talked about one of the big clogs that can keep that river from flowing, and that is unforgiveness. Today we're going to hit another one of those, and today we're going to talk about rebellion. Now listen to me. I look around at all of you today. You're smiling faces. You're looking so nice at me this morning. Uh, It doesn't look like I'm standing in front of a bunch of rebels, but listen to me. If you are living in earth, you struggle with rebellion. Even though you love Jesus and he lives in your spirit, man, even though you're saved, you still haven't got rid of that part of you that's like, my way. All right, so so I want you to know that I'm not, you know, I'm not coming after like the worst rebel in the house today. I'm coming after all of you. And if something rises up in you as we go through this message and you're like, I don't really like what he's saying. This message is especially for you. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I think this one's for you. What is rebellion? Rebellion is refusal to submit to authority. It's saying, I'll do it my way. It's self-will. Let me ask you, who was the first rebel in the Bible? The first rebel in the Bible was Lucifer prior to his fall, who we call the devil. And I want you to take a look in Isaiah chapter 14 as it talks about, and let me just back up before I read that verse. So, so Lucifer was one of three top angels that God created. Many believe Lucifer was over the three. It was Lucifer, it was Michael the archangel, and it was Gabriel the messenger angel. And they had a free will at that time. And at some point, Lucifer got the idea in his heart that he wasn't happy to be next to God. He wanted to be 
Yeah, like God. So, so look, look, this is kind of his reply. He says, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of assembly, on the utmost hearts of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. What's a word you, you kind of see there a lot? Yeah, I, can, can I tell you as a believer, it's no longer you that liveth, but Christ that liveth in you. And if you want to really see God work in your life, you got to realize that your greatest enemy is I. Really three, me, myself, and I. Are you listening? And your, and your greatest potential, the greatest one with you, is Christ in you. So Satan says, man, I'm going up. And what did God say? God says you're going down. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. And the devil, who many believe in his high position, led the angels in worship. He was right there by the glory of God. He now roams the earth. Now listen, he doesn't really need to go after unbelievers because they're already in rebellion. They're already separated from God. But who he's really after is the believer, and here's why. Because when he looks at you and sees the Holy Spirit living in you, it reminds him of what he once had. It reminds him of the glory that's surrounded. And he can't stand the fact that that glory lives in a human being. I mean, that's almost beyond his comprehension. Why would God do that? Why would God put his glory in a human? And what he doesn't want, he doesn't want that glory coming out, especially on him. And he knows things that will clog the pipes. And one of the big ones we're talking about today, it's rebellion. And I kind of already answered this question, but... Just, just so you have it down, okay? Do Christians struggle with rebellion? Yeah, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. All right, absolutely. Matter of fact, the author of Hebrews reminded us of that struggle, and he said this, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. He's like, he's like don't do it like they did in the Old Testament. During the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me for 40 years what I did. That is when I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my way. So I declared an oath in my anger, they will never enter my rest. That kind of presents a question for each of us. You know, where, where do you want to live? Do you want to live your life in the barren wilderness? What's the Bible say? The rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Or do you want to prefer the promised land? The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And he adds no trouble to it. So moving up to God's creation with Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve to be reliant upon him. Man was never created to go his own way and do his own thing. Man was created to walk in fellowship with God. And God would become Adam and Eve's everything. Joy was theirs. Peace was theirs. There was an open flow from God to man. That's how God intended it, that man would live in reliance to God. If you're still with me, somebody say Amen. Right, that's how God created man to be. Probably an answer there somewhere, all right? And so, so the word submission, which is the opposite of rebellion, submission to God means that I live in dependence upon Jesus instead of dependence upon myself, okay? And if you don't think we have a tendency to rebellion, just listen. How much do you like this word, submit? Yeah, you, something, the, back of, the hair on the back of your neck, if you have any, is standing up right now, all right? Uh, we, we don't like that word. That speaks of weakness. That speaks that somebody else won uh, submission. But the truth of the matter is, everyone in this room 
is either in submission to God or in rebellion against God. That's your only two choices. Because if you're not under Christ, then you're against Christ. And you can't be over Christ because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You can say, I will ascend, but God will say, guess what, buddy? You're going down. But for those who say, I'm willing to come under, God says, now you're in the right position. So the very fact that we almost abhor that word submit and view it as weakness really reveals how much all of us struggle with rebellion. Are you listening this morning? Amen. Here are the blessings of submission to God. Real quick. In James, let me read you James 4 before we look at those. This is why the scripture said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. So here are the blessings of submission to God. Number one, I am under his safety and protection. Picture an umbrella over my head. When I'm in submission to God, there's a, there's a, there's a protection that's over me where God says, I, they are my child. I will watch out for them. I will make sure that they're un, in, in safety. Nothing's going to happen to them without, without coming through my approval. It's the only place that I want to be. Come on. Why on earth would you want, in this, in this crazy world today, why on earth would you want to be outside of God's protection. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. How many of you are grateful for a refuge and a fortress in the Lord this morning? Secondly, the heavens are open for me to receive everything and anything that I need from God when I'm in submission. Okay, so, so picture God's hand. We're going to look at a verse in a few minutes where it says, it says, submit yourself under God's mighty hand. All right, so if you're not under God's mighty hand, then God's mighty hand is trying to, to, to you know, work in your life to correct you. You understand? E- either you're under and he's blessing or God looks at you and says, man, I got to get that out of you. And you have a choice in the matter. Amen. See, I I want heavens opened. I I want God to pour out everything that he has for me. Deuteronomy 11 says, So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and are your soul, in other words, then I'll send rain on your land, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and oil. I'll provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you'll eat and be satisfied. Kind of New Testament style. Man, you submit, and I'll pour out my blessings upon you and give you what you need. Number three, the blessings of submission to God, the plans and purposes of God are unfolded in my life because if you're not in submission, you're going your own way. And how can you say you're going your own, God's way if you're going your own way? But when you submit to God, uh, then God can direct you. I love this verse, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. A couple weeks ago, I was over helping my son Jared move some things out of his house. And unbeknownst to me, as I was leaving the door open, his dog slipped out. I didn't even know it. I thought we were done. I headed on my way. I talked to him later that day. He said, you know what I did after you left, Dad? I said, no, what did you do? He said, I spent the next 45 minutes trying to find Zoe. Yeah, chasing Zoe or trying to get him back. Yeah, he wasn't lost. He was just not coming back in the house, all right? Now, Zoe thought he's having the time of his life. Right? But unbeknownst to Zoe, he was in great danger. Because cars were going up and down that road. He has no concept of any of that. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, under. That's the only safe place, okay? So, listen. Anybody in the house glad that you're born again? Yeah, God wants us. Listen. 
What you, what you have to realize is rebellion puts you under God's discipline. Looking at that verse I mentioned just a minute ago, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Well, listen, I assure you there's at least one person in this room that you, just, you, you if I were to talk to you, you'd say, Pastor, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just feel like the devil is always hot on my trail. Seems like no matter what I can do, it just seems like he's just like one step behind me. And I want you to ponder for a moment. Maybe it's not the devil who's hot on your trail. Maybe God's after your rebellion. Maybe what you really find yourself doing is you're really fighting against God. And if you would just submit and come under, you'd find yourself instead of God's hand against you. Not that he's against you in the sense you're his enemy, but in the sense that you would have a rebellious child who you're having to come down hard on because they're not learning any other way. Are you listening this morning? God loves you too much to let you go your own way. Come on, somebody. Who can be against you if God is for you? Psalm 81 says this, but my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. Any, any UFC fans in the house? If you don't know what UFC fans are, you, you won't know what it is. UFC fighting, all right, a few of you. All right, what, 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 what's the best thing to do when uh, you realize that the guy you're fighting against has you in a hold and if you don't do something, he's probably going to break your arm or hurt you. Uh, there's a phrase in the UFC. I'm giving you a hint here. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, tap out, all right? It's, it's, uh, tapping out is recognizing that, that, you know, there's one mightier than I that I need to surrender to. And can I tell you, we Christians need to learn how to tap out. Why do I want to fight against one who's never lost a battle? Who really cares about me and has the best in store? Why would I want to go my own way when God has a way that he's decreed before I was ever born? He laid this thing out. It should be the easiest thing in all the world for a Christian to bow their knee and say, God, I need you today more than I've ever needed you. I don't want to go my own way. Lord, I willingly submit to you. You're the Lord. Come on. That's all he wants. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and he'll. Yeah, think about it. If you'll go down, he'll lift you up. If you go up, he'll push you down. Your choice. Man, now it's real quiet in here. Amen? I, this week, I was, uh, I don't know, I was going through YouTube. I like to watch fishing videos or sermons on YouTube, and somehow I ran across like a Mike Tyson recap video. And uh, I said, all right. So, so I, I clicked it, and, and, and Mike Tyson was one mean fighter. And I noticed that there were some fights that Mike Tyson was in where he, he hit a guy and the guy went down, but the guy wasn't knocked out. And so the guy's counting. And you kind of got the idea that the guy could have got back up if he wanted to. But after feeling the, the power of one of Mike Tyson's blows, he said, you know what? I just think, I think I'll finish letting that guy counting and just, and just kind of uh, recognize that this isn't somebody I want to mess with. Listen, why would you want to mess with God? When he would prefer to bless you. Why would you want to push? Come on, somebody. Why would you want to say, God, I, I think I'll just do it my own way. When you can submit yourself and humble yourself and God works mightily. And can, can I just help somebody this morning? Listen. If you are a Christian, please don't brag about how pig-headed and stubborn you are. You, you, you realize what you're saying to God? God, I'm really pig-headed. God's like, yep, I know. I'm going to get that out of you. Please stop posting on Facebook. You don't want to mess with me. 
God reads that. You know what God says? You don't want to mess with me. Come on, somebody. Listen. Humble yourselves. Watch your attitude. God, God, if you'll come under, God will come over. And come on, you'll have everything you need. But if you rise up, God's going to have to discipline you, and you're not going to find yourself in the place you really want to be. Can somebody in the house please say amen? amen. Do you remember the centurion's words to Jesus? Listen. This, this Roman centurion had a servant that was valuable to him. He had heard that Jesus was a healer, so he sent a servant to Jesus. He says, my master would, would, would like you to heal his servant. And, and the centurion, a centurion means he was a ruler over 100 men, could have tried to impress Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I'm a man in authority. Heal my son. What do you th- how do you think Jesus would have reacted to that? No, no. But he, here's the message the servant brought to Jesus. He says, my master is a man under authority. Now, what did that say to Jesus when that was how the centurion addressed him? That man was recognizing Jesus as a greater authority. And Jesus said, man, I haven't found faith like this anywhere around. Where somebody who's in authority recognizes that there is greater authority. And I'm it. Come on, somebody. Can I remind you today? Listen, if you are a Christian, you are a person under authority this morning. Did you not confess him as your Lord when you got saved? Come on, wave your hand at me if you did that. All right, what, what, what are you admitting to when you call him the Lord? You're saying he's up and I'm down, and that's okay because he's the one who's going to lift me up. All right, now listen, we're going to switch gears a little bit, but stick with me. Not only does God want you to be submissive to him as the Lord, but he has also called you to be submissive to the delegated authorities that he has set up on the earth. In some ways, this is even harder. All right, let's write it down, then we'll talk about it. Not only has God called you to submit to his authority, but also to his delegated authority. This is why God has delegated authority, because when man fell, this earth became chaotic, and God realized there needed to be authorities to help bring order to this chaotic earth. So he ordained governmental authorities. He ordained, uh, there's authority in your workplace, in your home. Uh, Pretty much everywhere you go, we'll talk about that in a minute, but here's what the word says. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, that doesn't mean everyone who sits in a place of authority is a God-like person. It means the seat that they're in has been ordained by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority rebels against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring, say that next word, judgment on themselves. So not only does God want us to have a submissive heart towards him, but God wants us to have the right attitude towards authorities that he has ordained, all right? So listen, let me talk to you. How many of you have how many of you are parents with I'll say children under teenagers in the house? Where are you? Just just wave your hand. All right. Okay. Listen, listen to me for a moment. This is good for your grandparents too because you can help your children, all right? As a parent, and if you don't know me, I have two older children. My first wife passed away. I remarried. I have two younger children. So I have a really unique perspective to be doing this twice. Someday I'm going to proclaim myself an expert in this, all right? So listen. So listen. And my my little ones are Luke and Ella. I am the first delegated authority that Luke and Ella come in contact with as their parents. And how they respond to me will mean everything in how they respond not only to other delegated authorities, but also to God. 
I said, that's one of the biggest responsibilities as a parent is, is to understand your role as an authority and to make sure your children respect that authority. It doesn't come by, by you know, demanding them with a strong hand, but by working with your children. And one of the things that I do, I recommend you do, I try to watch what I ask of my children, but when I ask something, I try to follow through and make sure they do it. Time to pick up the kids, the toys, kids. We don't want to, Daddy. Doesn't matter whether you want to or not. We're gonna, and if I need to help them, because there's a lot of toys, I'll, I'll, I'll help them. But, but the way your kids respond to you. Now, I know there's a such thing as the strong-willed child, and you probably need to read James Dobson's book on that to help you out. But, but your role is really important. And what parents don't understand is if you, if you teach your children to undermine authority, there's going to be trouble in their life. You know, when I went to elementary school, my principal, and, and catch up on an answer there, parents are to raise their children respecting authority. When I went to elementary school, my principal had a two-handed paddle with holes in it. Now, I don't tell you this to advocate that we go back to those days, but just listen to the point I'm going to make. My dad said to me, if you get spanked at school, you also get spanked at home. Case closed. Okay? So, so you know what that instilled in me? A great respect for authority and many other things. I never heard my parent say a bad thing about a police officer or another. If they didn't undermine that. If, if I came home, if there was a problem at school, uh, my parents didn't say, well, it's probably that crazy teacher. Their tendency was to side with the teacher. Come on, not, not to say there's not ever a teacher who couldn't be in the wrong, but, but, they, but they instilled that in me. It's just so important. Come on, somebody. Now listen, you say, but pastor, not all authorities can be trusted. There are authorities that might try to take advantage of my child. So you train your children from a young age. Listen, listen, to, your, listen to your teachers. Listen to your principal. Um, listen to your coach. But if ever... Your coach or your teacher would, would ask you to do A, B, or C. Then, then you, you know, scream, kick, yell, you know, don't, don't submit. So, so you train your children. But, but here's the mistake parents make. They say because authorities might be bad, therefore they don't need to listen to any of them. Undermining what God says. How many, how many of you are still with me? Okay, and, and I say to somebody here today, listen, and, and let's write it down. The fear of authority taking advantage of you cannot override the principle in God's word of respect to authority. And if you are somebody here that, that was severely abused by authority at a young age, we want to help you get healing over that. Because stepping away from all authority, especially now that you're older and have a better discernment of what is right and wrong, won't put you in a good place to receive what you need from God. Are you listening? Amen. So look at what's happening in our culture. Teachers get abused by students. Police officers get kicked by teenagers. How many of you saw that video in Baltimore City? And it's just, just anarchy. Now listen. Don't think this doesn't apply to you. Just listen for a moment. We look at those extreme cases and we say, well, I'm nothing like that. But our culture is even affecting life in church. Are you ready for this? So now when the pastor says something, well, he's just a man. He might be abusive. We don't know. Are, are you listening? And yet the Bible says, listen, 
Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So so when I say, as I did last Sunday, hey, we're having a community-wide prayer meeting, it would really be a good thing for you to be here. And it doesn't fit my schedule. And I understand, you might have had to work. Listen, a lot of you came. It was an awesome, awesome prayer meeting. But listen, I'm asking you, listen, you know, have discernment. If I ever come up to you and say, hey, would you get out your check and write me a check for $10,000, make it out to Ed Michael, don't tell anybody, just between you and me. All right, come on, that's, that's spiritual abuse. It really doesn't, it's really not that hard to discern when that's happening. But you can't use the fact that it does happen to say, well, therefore I don't have to obey any authority. Am I, am I making that point clear? Okay, because what will happen, listen, Pastor Lee, I've seen this, because uh, from, from being a friend on Pastor Lee's Facebook, he's, he said to his church, look, I really feel like God wants us to pray this week. We're going to have prayer meeting 5 a.m. every morning. You know how many folk from his village will be there at 5 a.m.? A lot. Try that in America. And, and a lot of it has to do with the understanding of authority. Come on, I'm not trying to hurt you this morning. I'm trying to help you. And man, do I want God's blessing on our church. And do I want us to move together as a choir. Can you say amen? Now listen, this, this sounds like a really spiritual statement. I don't listen to anybody but God. Doesn't that sound spiritual? But you know, that's really, that's really a, a, the statement of a rebel. Because God says, not only do I want you to listen to me, but I want you to also listen to Yeah, delegated authorities that I have on the earth and submit to them. The truth of the matter is, no matter where you go, you're under authority. If you don't believe that, go down Wise Avenue at 90 mile an hour after service today. You're still under authority when you get in that car. Walk into Wise. You say, well, I'm not under authority. I can pick whatever I want. You ever try going out of the store without paying? When you go to work and punch in, are you not under authority? Even at home, God has structure for, for authority. Everywhere you go, and isn't, isn't it kind of amazing, like we, we boast, well, you know, nobody tells me to get to, what to do, but in truth, no matter where you are, you're under authority. So why not just accept that and get under it instead of trying to get over it? There's a lot of people who are in jail right now because they tried to get over it. It's not a safe place to be. Get under it. Can you say Amen. All right, and let me tell you how I know a Christian struggles with rebellion. We're almost done. Number one, a Christian I know struggles with rebellion because when under pressure, they come out swinging. What I mean by that is if you understand how God's works, when you're under pressure, the safest place to be is to be on your knees crying out to God because never do you need God more when when circumstances are pressing in on your life. But if you have a tendency to rebellion... Uh, uh, you know, when you're pushed in a corner, it's like, come on, I'm ready. Nobody, nobody, come on, somebody. It's a sign that you might have some rebellion. Look at this verse. Better a patient man than a warrior, a man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. And what he's saying is here, you know, you might be able to brag that you took the city, but what if God didn't want you to take the city? You'd have been better to be patient and, and, and see what God had than just do it your own way. Can you say amen? Secondly, people who, who tend to you know, lean towards rebellion, tend to pick and choose the scriptures they obey. It's like, don't like that one. I'll skip over that one. But how do you believe this is the whole counsel of God? How many know when you read something that you're kind of not, not liking, it's not God, it's you? 
Yeah, and you, you need to submit to that and say, God, get it out of my life. But people who struggle with rebellion uh, tend to pick and choose. Look, Jesus said, leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, guess what happens? Yeah, both fall in a pit, all right? Thirdly, they tend to be disrespectful to God's delegated authority. People who struggle with rebellion have a hard time with authority. Yes, it could be traced back to authority that took advantage of them, but you're in the right place to get healed. Can you say amen? This is a big one. Signs of a rebel, they don't accept correction. If you're a person who understands submission, then you welcome other people's constructive words to you or encouragement to you or even correction to you because you understand that we all have a rebel's heart and we all need each other to keep us on this road called the road to heaven. Can you say amen? Right, Proverbs 9 says this. Instruct a wise man and he will be... Wiser still, teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Number five, they tend to lack integrity. Here's what I mean by that. If you have a siding towards rebellion, then you're kind of looking for my way, the easy way. So you find it easy to find an easier way if, if, if sticking to integrity means it's going to cost you something. If you're submitted to God, then you, then you want to you wanna glorify God in all things so you hold to your integrity, even if it's the harder thing to do. Amen? A good verse for that is Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright guides, guides them, but un, the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. In other words, part of them wants to serve God, part of them wants to be in rebellion. Go ahead and put your notes away, and I'm going to just tell you a final story, and then we're going to pray. Man in the Bible by the name of Jacob. Jacob, when he was born, the, the word, the name Jacob literally means deceitful. Because he had a hold of his brother Esau's heel as if to say, I want to be first. So they named Jacob supplanter or, or, or deceiver. And, and he lived out his life as that. Deceived his brother out of his own birthright when he worked for his father-in-law. He, he, he made it so he would get more of the, of the livestock. And this all culminated in a wrestling match. Read it in your Bible. Between God and him. All night long, they wrestle. And, you know, you might, you might think, this is ridiculous. I mean, if you're wrestling with God, like, you know, tap out. But if you kind of understand what was happening, Jacob's like, this is, this is how I've been my whole life. I don't know anything else but deceit. And God's like, I want it. So in a sense, that wrestling match is God saying, I want that rebellion in you. And Jacob saying, I don't know what to do. Finally, in the morning, God kind of tapped out on him in the sense he tapped him. And then Jacob had to tap out. And, and God ultimately won that match. Can I tell you, God's always going to win the match. And can I tell you how to make the match shorter? Yeah, tap out. Submit to God. Come on, admit. Just, just be honest with yourself. We all struggle with rebellion because there's times when God asks things of us and we're just like, I don't want to do that. Sometimes just reading scripture, sometimes just waking up in the morning, there's just tendency and just, we forget to even invite God in our day. Off we go. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm just here to remind you. Submission is not a bad word. If you understand biblical submission, it's the only safe place to be. Because if I have a choice between being in rebellion against God or submission to God, I'm taking submission every time. Would you bow your head and close your eyes in this place? Before I talk to you, Christian, I want to talk to somebody in this place. Listen, if I said to you this morning, 
You're either in rebellion against God or in submission to Him. Where are you? Where are you? Have you ever bowed your knee and confessed Jesus as your Lord? Someday you're going to stand before Him and the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord. But you have the opportunity to acknowledge that before you're standing before Him. Maybe somebody in here at some point in your life you, you made that dedication, but for whatever reason you've wandered away and you're back in the service today and God is saying to you, return my son, return my daughter. All I need you to do is bow your knee and acknowledge your need for me and there I'll be. I'm looking for somebody this morning that says, Pastor Ed, you're talking to me and this morning I'm going to open the door of my heart and I'm going to invite Christ to come in and I'm going to acknowledge that he is the Lord. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me this morning? Come on, if you're here. Thank you, sir. Someone else. Thank you, ma'am. Others here this morning looking around. Jesus, thank you in the back row. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, here's what we're going to do this morning. Those of you who raised your hands, look, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. We're all going to pray just, just, just to support you. But if you raised a hand right now, here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, dear Jesus. Come on, everybody's, everybody's praying with me to support those who raised their hand. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and have a tendency towards rebellion. Forgive me, Jesus. Wash me clean. I confess you as my Lord. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So right now I open the door of my heart and I bow my knee and confess you as Lord. And with your help, Jesus, I'm going to live for you all my days. Do it, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, those of you who raised your hand, honey, would you just go stand over in the corner over there? If you prayed that prayer, in a moment when I have people come, I would, I would love for you to go over and just talk to my wife. She's got a, a, a folder of material to give you. She wants to pray with you just to help you in where to go from here. Here's what we're going to do today. We're just going to open these altars up this morning as a way for you to say this morning and to declare all over again, God, I want you to know that I want to live my life wholly dependent upon you. God, I want rebellion out of my life. I want to live in submission to you. Come on, if you're willing to, to make that kind of a statement, would you get out of your seat and come to this altar just as a way to humble yourself before God this morning and just say to God, God, I want to live in submission and obedience to you. Come on, come on, this shouldn't be hard. This shouldn't be hard. It should be the easiest thing in the world to jump out of your seat and get to this altar because you don't want there to be anything standing in the way between what God has and what God wants in your life. God, we choose to humble ourselves before you, to one more time say, God, we need you. We want you. We desire you, God. We don't want to go our own way and do our own thing. We want to live in submission to you and to your delegated authorities. God, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord, this morning. Do it, Lord, this morning.